This podcast is brought to you by the Baton Rouge Area Foundation, your community foundation, which is focused on one simple goal, to help philanthropists pursue their causes for bettering the lives of people in Louisiana. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Chris Meyer, and today we're excited to welcome in Diana Payton, my friend and the CEO of the YWCA of Greater Baton Rouge. The YWCA has historically worked to ensure that women and children from low-income backgrounds in economically challenged communities have better access to economic opportunity, upward mobility, and a thriving future. Keep listening to learn more about the organization, Diana's recent award, and how you can be part of the change. Diana, welcome to the pod. Thank you so much, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm good. It's good to see you. So you just won a uh, an amazing award. I'm not surprised, but you were surprised. You were named the Commissioner of the Year from the National Association of Housing Redevelopment Officials. Mm-hmm. Now, you run the YWCA, but, but people may not know you are so civically involved in our community. And this award was connected to your service on the Baton Rouge Housing Authority. Talk talk to us a little bit about this award. Oh, absolutely. Number one, I was totally surprised. Um, And this was a tremendous opportunity for the East Baton Rouge Parish Housing Authority. Not only did I receive an award, but the organization received five national awards for their work as a whole, in addition to my award. So we now have other housing authorities across the country who's looking to come visit here in Baton Rouge and see the work that we're doing. And I could not believe in that work more. Um, As we all know, it's all about where we live, the resources in our neighborhoods, and our families when it all comes down to it. And you have to have safe, affordable, beautiful housing for everyone. That's right. And that's what we believe in at Housing Authority. And so it's an honor to serve. Well, and you and I know you have been at the helm of leadership there, mm-hmm. working with with the team and other yeah. commissioners to really bring it to a place that that now it is being recognized as a national leader. So that that is incredible work. Thank you, thank you. We have gone through a transformation. Um, I can say for the city of Baton Rouge, we have moved from um, cinder block kind of mm-hmm. uh, residences for for individuals to building beautiful market-rate housing, mixed-income neighborhoods, and really changing the landscape of how we view affordable housing here in Baton Rouge. And I am so honored um, to be a part of that work to help transform how we look at housing as a whole. So let's take the as the whole part, um, because, you know, I was so excited to get you on this podcast because I think, Diana, of of, um, anyone I know in this community, I think you are one of the most, your your story is incredible, but I think you are one of the most well-connected leaders who understands what's actually happening on the ground Mm -hmm. with our our families, with our kids. And I think, frankly, any measure of a community is, is how are our children doing? And so I wanted to talk to you today about some of the initiatives of the YWCA, but really, you know, how are our kids? kids and families doing since COVID, especially those who not had maybe the same economic opportunities as as others have? They're struggling. Our our families, the cost of living has increased tremendously. Just the average cost at the grocery store, the increased cost of utilities, not to mention the housing market, just the rental rates have raised tremendously in response to repeated hurricanes and floods and all these different things. And with the rate of pay that we have going on in Louisiana, 
even though quite a few people are paying around $15 an hour Mm -hmm. um, now, it's still not enough to meet the everyday bills and needs of families. And so they are struggling to make ends meet. Um, We're seeing more teenagers engaging in crime, trying to help their families meet their needs. Um, We're seeing families as a whole trying to meet child care needs, trying to find employment and understand how they need to improve their skills to get a better job. Our families are struggling. I have to be honest about that. You at the YWCA, uh, y'all developed several kind of programs to to try to address the the whole family. I wonder maybe let's let's start with the work that that I came to know you you know really through, and that was through early childhood and early learning opportunities. Talk, mm-hmm. talk to us about the work you've been doing in that space. Um, so at YWCA, we have our Early Head Start program. We're the only provider of Early Head Start here in Baton Rouge, which is for pregnant women. And then we start enrollment at six weeks, and we have children until they turn three. Once they turn three, we try to partner with the EVR school system or with the actual Head Start program with the city to make referrals. Mm -hmm. Um, So then they can attend a three- and four-year-old program until they enter kindergarten. For us, we have a complete wraparound program. We have nurses on staff, case managers. We now have workforce development in which we're providing stipends for parents so they can actually get their CDA and hopefully start working in the classrooms as well. We provide a holistic picture and create like a life plan with each of our families as we educate our zero to three-year-olds. The beauty of our program, we have mental health services on staff, so we can literally um, go through an ASQ, which is a questionnaire to see if a child has any kind of delay. Mm -hmm. If we identify delays, we can make those direct referrals, bring in whatever uh, therapies that they need, and help to get them up to speed so we make sure that our children are on target and um, reading on time. Now, I know that, that you would want and, and really love to, to serve even more students. What, mm-hmm. what are some of the barriers that, that are in your way to being able to, to serve more families? I know the, the demand is much greater than what can currently be served. Our waiting list is always tremendous. Um, we need more facilities. Mm-hmm. Recognizing with Early Head Start is a lot of requirements that makes our classroom so beautiful. Um, and, and having those different things that's required federally as well as meeting state requirements. But having facilities to have the actual water access for potty training and dental brushing and all those great things for our little ones. Um, we need more facilities. The more facilities we have, the more that we can open up and serve more children. When, when talking about kind of the families that are accessing this, um, you know, we've, we've heard the term on this podcast before about the, the Alice population. Can, can you just talk to our listeners uh, about what that is and really, again, connecting the dots to this because, you know, child care becomes such a huge expense for any family, yeah. but especially those that are really just on the borderline and to your point earlier about where wages are now and able to, to make it. Yeah. What, well, describe for us kind of what that, that challenge really is and what that, that yeah. term means. So for the Alice prop populations, many times they're, they're right above the threshold to um, actually qualify for different benefits that are out there. And many times they're coming out of their own pocket and they can't afford to meet their needs, even though they don't qualify for some of the benefits that are uh, available to us. What we've done, we're now a state CCAP provider mm-hmm. where we can now serve some of those parents 
but recognizing they're still coming out of pocket to pay those fees. And like I mentioned before, families are having some difficulties just buying groceries and paying their energy bills that have doubled in some cases. And many times they're struggling and they can't afford that childcare. So instead, you have a friend who may watch their child, or they may have a family member that may watch their child, but there's no formal curriculum for them. They're not receiving the same um, robust uh, services as if they were if they were in a childcare center like with YWCA or another provider. You uh, one of the programs that that you all lead, um, which I think is just remarkable, is, is helping with uh, women who have been victims of domestic abuse and domestic mm-hmm. violence. Um, talk to us a little bit about how that connects in to Absolutely. the YW. So it connects in in several ways. I will say during COVID, we have seen a spike in domestic violence. Um, Literally, the YWCA, we've been sending Uber, especially when everything was shut down and people were trapped um, in their homes with individuals who were abusing them. As soon as they were free, they may call and say, he's gone. We would send an Uber and take them straight out of town, put them up in a hotel until we can put them into an apartment. And we would say to them, bring nothing, just you and your child or just all you need is yourself, and we'll restart you with everything else. From there, we recognize, hey, we need to become more robust um, in our domestic violence services. And so now um, that whole scope of work has branched out. We now have legal services and support, um, recognizing, yes, You may receive a restraining order in different things, but you still need to file for divorce many times. You have custody issues going on, and how can we help support you with that? And the city of Baton Rouge recently um, awarded us um, to start a legal arm of things, and we'll now have attorneys um, on staff providing services as well. How um, many women are you able to support through this program? So with the legal services, or you mean as a whole with our domestic violence? As a whole with domestic violence, we're about 125 or so, give or take, um, that we've assisted with the legal services. That's going to be brand new. Um, That's going to be launched in October, Domestic Violence Month. Um, It's the month of October, and so we'll be launching that in partnership with the mayor's office as well as the district attorney's office. And these services are for for anybody that's got a a, a question that needs to to reach out along these these issues and lines. It, you're going to be available to to do Absolutely. that in a in a confidential way and and really helping them. Absolutely, not just that they'll have case management for wraparounds, rental assistance, deposits, the whole nine. Not to mention trauma counseling. Mm-hmm. Many times you're looking at children who have witnessed. Um, violent uh, offenses, um, as well as uh, women who are dealing with PTSD and different things that need to be addressed. So we're looking at the whole holistic picture of things and and partnering with the community to make that happen. One of the things that uh, I know you you all led and and, um, we've talked about it on on this podcast before is is some of the work that happened just before COVID, but really during it uh, on the the sort of misdemeanor bail issues Mm -hmm. that, again, you know, nonviolent offenses um, where folks were over a traffic ticket. Um, ending up just kind of lost in the system. They couldn't pay. And then all of a sudden, you know, for for literally (laughs) inability to pay Uh a traffic ticket, uh, 
they're losing their jobs. Um, they're sitting in jail for for days and weeks on end. Mm-hmm. Um, you got involved in that issue. Talk to us about where that is and and where it's okay. going. So we started a community bail fund, and I love this project where we're actually helping individuals who can't afford to pay a small amount um, for their bail to actually return home before they lose their jobs and housing and all those key things that we all need. With that, we're not only bailing people out, but we're also providing the wraparound supports, which I believe every program should have. So you'll hear me say that a lot because you have to look at the whole picture for an individual but trying to make sure they don't end up in the same situation again. So what got you here? What brought you here? Uh, What gaps in your life took place? And then how do we help fill those gaps? Sometimes it's substance abuse, in which we're working very closely with the CJCC, and BRAF is a huge part of that. But we figure out what supports they need, connect them to it. But we're actually going to the jail, placing the bail, Um, giving them a ride wherever they need to go if they have no place to go, finding them housing and helping them become whole. And and again, just reminding folks that this is not a, a the, the same as uh, we're we're not talking about violent offenses here. No. We what 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 kind of uh, who are we talking about? Who's yeah. the kind of typical person you're helping in this? So you're talking about a squatter, someone who may be living in a vacant building who um, may be engaged in some petty theft, trying to get a few dollars um, to make ends meet. We've had uh, women before who were trying to steal diapers and different basic needs that they have. Um, It just depends from person to person. Substance abuse issues. So really, they're not looking to hurt anyone. They're trying to fill that need in which they really need the mental health and substance abuse um, and sobriety support that they need so that they won't commit an offense again. You you um, you mentioned sort of um, the work you've now identified as as the the homeless challenge, especially since COVID again is mm-hmm. is really sort of ballooned in our community. What what's the YWCA? Uh, how did you notice the issue, and and, and what are you all doing to, to address yeah. it? One thing about YWCA that I'm really proud of, we spend a lot of time filling gaps. Um, We're a gap-filling agency. We're not trying to duplicate anything that's already happening. And what we recognized, a gap that we've seen, is quite a few people were living in hotels during COVID um, that were placed there by the state. Um, Many people who are living just on the street who are looking for um, housing first and then the wraparound supports. And so we've jumped in to do some of that housing first work putting them up in two places, getting them into actual apartments, finding landlords who are willing to take a chance if they have something on their background or some other challenge that may prevent them from getting housing, and building those relationships with landlords, letting them know we are going to be here for the long haul to help make sure that they're a good tenant, teaching them basic life skills that they're missing out on. That's some of the gap work that we noticed that we've now been a part of. And I'm sure there are, are enormous challenges in convincing folks to kind of take that chance. Um, what do you What do you say to skeptics? Those that you know would would maybe it's a landlord or maybe it's someone. Why should I contribute to this fund? Um, mm-hmm. what, what What do you talk about when folks kind of put up some maybe skepticism or or initial resistance yeah. to to helping and fill these gaps? So it's helping them understand that we're only a call away. 
um, and staying in communication with them and letting them know that we're going to be checking on them at least every other week, making sure that they're okay, and they can call us if they have a challenge. We have had, I give you an example, um, a homeless individual who was so used to living outdoors when we put them up in an apartment, they were living in the closet and they took all the doors off the hinges in the whole mm. apartment because they didn't like closed doors. And the landlord was like, he's ruining my apartment. Um, but helping them understand, number one, we would help with those, those damages and issues. But also we're here for the long call to help this person um, adjust better to living in this space. So it's really th about the relationship um, and them understanding that we're not going away. We're not just putting them in this apartment and you won't see us anymore. We're here for the long call. How do I, again, I'm just, mm -hmm. uh, I've always been a fan of yours personally. I, I just think um, remarkable leadership and, and a focus on a, a lot of needs and issues that, that um, many of us may not see, may not want to see. How do you personally, how are you able to take on this work and still smile every day? Every board, every effort that I'm a part of, I believe in, in a personal level. I believe in housing because of my background and my own childhood. And, and I know what that benefit did for my mother as a single mother of four children. Yeah. I know personally domestic violence, I am a survivor. I've, I've had families that have gone through uh, the criminal justice system and some of those challenges. I'm not burnt out because everything I'm involved in, I believe in school choice, so I sit on New School's board because it was a scholarship that allowed me to attend private school. Yeah. Every effort that I engage in, I believe in it, and I know it works. So it's not work, it's purpose. Amen. Yeah. What's the future hold for, for the YWCA? I mean, I, again, you, you all continue. Uh, I think a lot like the Bad Nigeria Foundation has, oftentimes it's, it's when nobody's kind of stepping into to a particular gap or there's mm -hmm. this glaring need that, that we'll roll up our sleeves and, and come mm -hmm. together with others to, to figure out how to create something that's sustainable and solves yeah. that issue. What, what, what's the future hold for you all? Oh, man, we are engaged in some real neat stuff. Um, we're building domestic violence apartments. That's permanent housing. Hard for a woman to begin to address their mental health needs and emotional needs if she's worried about in six months I have to figure out where mm -hmm. I need to go. So we now have this pilot that the mayor's office and uh, the Louisiana Housing Corporation helped to support where we're building permanent um, completely furnished apartments for women since they leave with nothing and have a chance for them to really restart and have a place to settle with their children. Um, we're in the process of uh, creating a new center off of Kelwood that we purchased that's turning into a mini one-stop, a mini family service center. We are having a capital campaign for a new center off of Artonwood which will be an early Head Start center and a one-stop for women to get all of their services addressed. Um, we're now doing social justice efforts, and we're now having Racism 101 classes and um, really getting into the crime prevention work and, and engaging teens. Mm -hmm. um, teens, surprisingly, they know crimes before they happen or know who, who committed them. So we're in the process of creating an anonymous way for, for teens to share if they know something. That's incredible. 
what can what can we do about it? And then the last thing I'm excited about, we have a new technology um, thing that's coming out for domestic violence, where it's a tracker for women who can press a button and call for help, and it's not tied to your cell phone. Oh, wow. Yes. So we're, we have great things on the horizon, and I'm all excited about it. And what, what, what excites you for our community? I mean, I know we've got uh, enormous challenges that facing us, but knowing you, you know, a lot like me, we, mm-hmm. we look at those as really opportunities that this is a place that um, you really can know your neighbor and you really can come together and solve some of these mm-hmm. hard challenges, which exist in a lot of places. But I believe we can find the innovations here. So what, what gives you hope about the future in Baton Rouge? You know, I, and, and I'm not being um, being completely transparent. I've enjoyed BRAF's recent strategic planning process um, and how you're willing to listen and help partner and build awareness. I think our community is on the verge of really addressing some serious issues. I see us trying to collaborate in a real way, not just talk about it, but we're all really coming to the table Um, recognizing we need some new strategies if we're going to make a difference in our community. And that excites me. It excites me to see the energy that's happening right now and all of us coming to the table. I totally agree. I I think it's um, remarkable that we are – we seem to be focusing in on the same set of issues, mm-hmm. and um, I know the, the the power of this um, this community. We can solve these things together. Absolutely, Diana. If folks want to get involved with the YWCA uh, or, or, or ways that they think about, you know, they hear this, they get inspired, they want to help. What, what what can they do? How can they help? Absolutely, you can go to our website, of course, but we need volunteers. Uh, We need people who are willing to bring their skills to the table. I won't pretend that we have all the answers, um, but helping to build awareness, communication skills, um, whatever you have to offer, you can volunteer, you can go to our website, and you can get involved. Also, if you want to pick up some diapers and drop them (laughs) off... At our office. Oh, keep it rolling. That's right. Um, you can drop them off at our centers. We need diapers. We always need diapers, and that's an easy pickup. So thank you very much. So add add uh, an extra cart of diapers in, yes. in your Amazon cart. That guys. would go this a long is, way. Well, Diana, um, again, I'm, I'm so grateful for, for your partnership and friendship, and frankly, just the example you exude every day. We're, we're lucky as a city to, to have you. Likewise. Uh, For those who want to learn more about the YWCA of Greater Baton Rouge, please visit ywca-br.org, ywca-br.org to learn more. As always, thank you for listening in. I'm your host, Chris Meyer, and our mission is to elevate the stories, people, and ideas making Baton Rouge and South Louisiana a better place. Until next time. To learn more about the Baton Rouge Area Foundation, please visit our website at braf.org and become a member today.